Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. Uh, my name, as always, Aaron Avra, hadn't changed it, and with me is Donatus Carroll. How are we living, Donatus? Aaron, man, I'm glad to hear that you have not changed your name. My name is Donatus <laughs> Carroll, and I have not changed my name either. Going uh, 20-something weeks straight, so uh, still the same person, still repping the... Uh, Haversham County to the fullest, the 706. So, uh, I'm doing good, man. How are you, brother? How's, uh, how's, uh, grad school treating you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know if I told y'all or not on the podcast, but I just started my, um, what's called in, in education, there's like four degrees you can get. And I'm starting my third one, which is called a specialist before the doctorate. I chose to start it this summer because, you know, Corona, um, <laughs> and it's a seven-week, it's seven-week courses, and I am getting crushed. It's like a <laughs> zillion pages to read each week. Tomorrow, what's today, Tuesday? Tomorrow, I got an hour-long discussion in the evening where I have to have all eight million pages read before, like, it's a virtual discussion, so it's not even like, if you know discussion posts in, in college, those who <laughs> taking online courses, you can kind of like make your way through that online post and respond to two people. Uh-uh. Yeah. This is eight of us in a virtual chat room discussing it. So I, and with the teacher in there, so I can't even pretend like I've read the text. I have to have actually read the text to be able to participate in any form of discussion. Uh, and then we get graded on it. So, oh, uh, you know, There's living no life <laughs> to the fullest. No duck and cover on that one, man. No, no, no. I got, I got called out on the last one. The, the teacher's great. So if somehow the yeah. teacher hears this, the teacher's great. Uh, but she gave you a, a five out of five for the discussion. And in there, her there feedback was that she knows it's hard to kind of like jump in on the discussion because there's so many people, so many people talking. And, it, and they, she makes sure it lasts an hour. But to try and make sure to interject more of my viewpoints, a.k.a. I gave you the five points because yeah. it was the first one. I need you to speak for <laughs> yeah. So I can't, there's no hiding. There's no hiding yeah. at all. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny, dude. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's something else. So now we're just trying to, just trying to survive. Um, heard that. But nonetheless, here we go. It's football time. I won't bore y'all with my grad school, though, technically, though, <laughs> supposedly a, a paper that I wrote that I turned in was great, and I keep refreshing it, and there's like there's no grade in there. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. But anyway, that's not what you came here for. You didn't come here to listen to me <laughs> talk about grades, talk about finding my grades. You came to hear about some football. And this week, we have the AFC West. As you all know, we have a foolproof way of deciding how we're going to discuss things, discuss things and it's all superficially based on how boring to interesting that we find them. So <laughs> it's very scientific. So this week we are talking the AFC West, and I know what some of you are thinking. Wait a minute. The Chiefs are in the AFC West. There's no way that's boring. Donatus, why don't you tell our listeners why the AFC West is the third week and not like week seven where you get to your more interesting divisions. I'll let you take the bullet on that one. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, my thought process behind it, and I don't know if Aaron agrees with it or not, but my thought process was 
Um, there's a bunch of other divisions. I feel like with with the AFC West, we kind of know what's going to happen, and we've got some other divisions, um, especially towards the top um, of the intrigue list that it's kind of wide open in all of those teams. There's like there's there's three divisions. Definitely, I feel like the top two um, were any were. Any three of the four teams could could pull out the the win could be the winner, um, and the fourth team is not a, a slouch team either. So um, the AFC West it's it's pretty much the Kansas City Chiefs and, and everybody else, um, but they they do have as you guys will find out later on in this episode there are some intriguing teams here. So we try not to disrespect the AFC West too much, but uh, to me, there were just some other divisions that were more intriguing from a team perspective than the uh, the AFC West. So, Aaron actually had the – I'm pretty sure you had the AFC West ranked a little bit higher than me, but uh, he allowed me to have this one. So, uh, <laughs> I take, I'll take the, I'll take the fall on this one. No, I just had him slightly ranked higher. How we did this, by the way, folks, is uh, – we, we gave ourselves some homework, and before we started, we came up with our least intriguing, the most intriguing, and then the areas that matched up, we kept, and the rest we tweaked. Um, I'm going to go and call it like it is. The Chiefs are going to win this division, and that's why this is the number three division, is because <laughs> the Chiefs are going to win it, and we're just right. here to discuss all of the aspects and how teams are going to do and things to look out for, um, which right. makes them very boring because there's no competition. I mean, there might be. If there is competition, I'll come back and eat my words, but... uh this is the Chiefs division, and everybody else is just existing. Um, and then just like we came up with our arbitrary reason of how we're going to talk about the teams, we use that same scientific ratio to decide who gets talked about first. <laughs> and we decided <laughs> that the no longer Oakland but now Las Vegas Raiders are going to be the first discussion point in this, uh, in this podcast. And from my understanding, Donatus Stills, very passionately about the Las Vegas Raiders. So I am going to default to Donatus Carroll to go ahead. Oh, before we begin that, please go make sure to give our Facebook page a follow. That's where we post all of our information about it. Or if you want to go on Twitter, uh, at Coach Avra um, is where I post this as well. Give one of those two a follow. Make sure you interact with the material. Share it. Uh, help us get our word out there. And now, Back to the Las Vegas Raiders. Donatus, kick us off with what you feel so passionately about. Yeah, so it is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this is, what, year three, I believe, for uh, John Gruden. Um, to me, this is a make-or-break year for John Gruden. Um, something else that um, I'm looking towards is I want to see how Derek Carr does I want to see if Derek Carr even plays the majority of the season? Um, Derek Carr has struggled at times. I can really only think of one year that he was really good. Uh, one year that I would even consider wanting him to play quarterback for my team. I'm not a Derek Carr fan. Never really have been. Um, and their backup quarterbacks are Marcus Mariota and Nathan Peterman. So this team will do about as good as their quarterbacks do. Um, if Derek Carr, when Derek Carr struggles, um, and it falls mm. to Marcus Mariota, I want to see if Marcus Mariota is able to, uh, carry this team or not. 
Now, in defense of the Las Vegas Raiders, they have talent um, at the running back position in Josh Jacobs. I'm a huge Josh Jacobs fan. Uh, drafted him on my fantasy football team, and he uh, he showed up for me pretty good. Um, he did battle injuries, but I'm interested to see the step that he takes um, in his second year um, playing running back for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, now, receiver-wise is where I, I get a little concerned. Um, so they they have Tyrell Williams, who they thought was going to be a number one wide receiver. I don't know why, but uh, Tyrell Williams is really more of a number two. They've got Hunter Renfro, who this is his second year, but somehow he's already like 45 years old. Um, and then they've got Henry Ruggs, who they drafted out of Alabama, um, and so I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm pretty sure that Henry Ruggs is going to emerge as the number one receiver. Um, I want to see who, who wins out the number two spot. They've got Darren Waller, um, who plays tight end. He had a, a really great year last year. Um, and then they've got Jason Witten, who is, um, who is backing them, who is backing up Darren Waller. Um, he's also like 50 something years old. So, um, interested to see. Uh, how Darren Waller performs in his second year as well. Um, and then we get to their defense. And I, like, Jonathan Abram was, was supposed to be good, but he was hurt last year. Um, Demarius Randall, he's from your Cleveland Browns. Um, and then Prince Amukamara, um, he was good a few years ago, but I don't even really know that he's that good anymore. Um, but they just, their front seven super weak. Um, and so, especially like looking at their schedule, I just I don't see the Raiders winning too many games. Um, like I, I think that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to go three and thirteen. Um, I just I don't think that they have the talent at the quarterback position to uh, to compete with, especially with some of the other division of, of the other teams in their division. Um, this may be a hot take or not, but I think I would take um, Tyrod Taylor. Drew Locke and obviously Patrick Mahomes. I would say that their car is the fourth best quarterback in this division. Um, so I just, I don't believe, and then backing them up is Marcus Mariota and Nathan Peterman. Um, so I just, I don't believe in the Raiders. I think they're doomed from the quarterback position. I don't think that Josh Jacobs is going to be able to do too much. Their line is okay. They've got Richie Incognito and Roddy Hudson and, and uh, Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown, who all four of those have been, have been pretty good for a, for a while, but I just I don't think quarterback wise and receiver wise I just don't think they have the talent to compete with with some of these other teams that they're going to face. I think that um, you know John Gruden's obviously in the third year of a ten year contract, so you know he's not going to uh, to necessarily um, be on, on much of a hot seat. But um, we all know how much John Gruden loves quarterbacks, and he's got two studs coming out at quarterback next year, and Trevor Lawrence and. Um, Justin Fields, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders um, lose a bunch of games this year um, in order to uh, to land either Trevor Lawrence or and or Justin or not and but or Justin Fields um, <laughs> and or I, I know right so if somehow if somehow they got both of them that'd be wild but um, some we also need to kind of look at the fact that they traded Khalil Mack and. With the picks that they've gotten back for Khalil Mack, they really have not ha- added like a game changer 
um, or a playmaker with any of those picks that they got from trading Khalil Mack. So that trade needs to be reevaluated, um, and Gruden kind of needs to be held to the fire for that. So, but I will say next year when they land one of those two quarterbacks, the the um, things will be looking up for the Raiders, but just not this year. They just don't have enough at the quarterback position to uh, to make noise. So. That's my thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders, my man. I know you don't care too much to talk about them. uh, What are your thoughts on them? I'm going to spend very little time here because I'm going to be honest. Um, The offensive line is good. I I do think their DBs are pretty set. I like the Marish Randall. He just asked for too much money. Um, Plus, there's some kind of internal conflict, I mean, especially with him and the old coaching staff with the Browns. But uh, we weren't going to pay him that money. Linebacking core upgraded with Corey Littleton and the um, Colin Farrell. I know he was drafted last year. Was he the reach that they made last year? It was one of those he Clemson was. linemen was the reach. Yeah. It was him. Okay, so they reached with, for Colin Farrell, which you didn't hear much about him. I know Max Crosby is a monster. I don't know anything about those two defensive tackles. Um, <laughs> and then they turned around and drafted 700 speed receivers this year. Yeah, so, right. Um. And, and here's my problem with that. I mean, the running back situation, I will – right now I'm a Josh Jacobs fan. I, I'm worried that he's going to be Trent Richardson-like in terms of he had a really good rookie year and then just disappear, mm-hmm. mainly because mm-hmm. he's an Alabama running back and they tend to do good in their rookie year and then just go away, um, with the exception of Mark Ingram. Yeah. Um, so – my big concern here, there's two of them, and this also, this is going to depend on how successful Josh Jacobs is, um, regardless of how good the line is. Um, you have Derek Carr, Mariota, and Peterman at quarterback. You have nothing, with the exception of Hunter Renfro, but speed receivers, um, yeah. and Nelson Aguilar, who's really good at dropping them. And <laughs> you have a 40, thousand-year-old tight end and Jason Witten and the Darren Waller who came out of nowhere. And I'm not convinced. People have put Darren Waller in the top five of tight ends. Um, I'm not willing to do that yet because he had no, one year. Yeah. Um, right. let, me, let me see two years out of you, mainly because I've seen with the Browns we'll have somebody who's like a hit and then they disappear the next year. And it's like, what happened? Like Peyton Hillis was on Madden cover, and then he just, you know, cashed it in and called it a day. Um, right. So I'm not convinced that the Darren Waller that we see next year is going to be, or this year, is going to be the same Darren Waller we saw this past year. And then they have nothing but speed receivers. <laughs> um, I've always seen Tyrell Williams as a speed receiver. Then they went out mm-hmm. and got the burner and Henry Ruggs. Um, and then their slot is, is you know, 50-year-old Hunter Renfro, uh, who's been in the league for about, you know, 20 years now. Um <laughs> And and so, um, I don't know. I just don't see this offense being that good, even though last year no. they were ranked ninth in passing yards and 13th in rushing yards, and that's 13th yeah. with a with a rookie running back, which is really right. hard to do because um, yeah. you got to accommodate to the game, and their defense was just terrible. I don't see their defense getting being much better this year, Mm-mm. and – I don't think their offense gets any better this year. In fact, I, we were all stunned when they won seven games because most people had them winning like three games last year, and then somehow right. the Raiders picked up seven victories. 
um, they also have a really tough schedule this year. They play yeah. the AFC East, which, you know, they may have – that they may split with the AFC East and go two and two. But they also play the NFC South, and they play the Browns. So yeah. um, – and then they have to compete with the other teams in their division. Yeah. I don't see the first year in Las Vegas being successful – I don't think it's going to matter because John Gruden is not worried about his job. Um, I think that they're going to utilize that if they tank, everybody's going to see it as, well, that's fine because now we get to bring in one of those franchise quarterbacks into Las Vegas and yeah. like and really start it up in Las Vegas. I feel like they would almost wish that their last year in Oakland could have been this year they could have been right. terrible in Oakland for one year and then start their very first year in Las Vegas with like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields at the at the helm. Um, my one question for you. How many games does Marcus Mariota start? I was gonna start, say Nathan uh, Peterman as a joke, but I chose not to say Nathan Peterman okay. because well. How many games does Mariota start? So this will kind of tie into our over-under as well. Obviously, I've already said that I think that they're going to go 3-13. and 13. Man, looking at their schedule, to me, if they, don't, if they don't beat Carolina, there's a very real possibility that the Raiders could start off like 0-8, um, definitely mm-hmm. 0-7. Um, people are going to be calling for Derek Carr after they go like 0-6. So I think at that Ooh, point, better, because it? yeah, because I think I think they're done with Derek Carr, man. But they, you know, like he still he he still has times where you're like, oh, that's a Derek Carr from whenever it was. I think it was like 2016. Oh, that's a Derek Carr from 2016. Maybe there's a chance. Um, but especially if they start off like 0 and 6, 0 and 7, 1 and 5, 1 and 6, whatever. Um, Groot is just going to say, let's can the season and start, uh, and, and make a run at Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So I think, I think Marcus Mariota to answer your question, I think Marcus Mariota probably ends up starting five or six games this season, which I'm sure and saying it out loud sounds like a lot, but yeah, I, I think he, I think he starts five or six games this season. Oh, see, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, okay. I think he starts about six games. I, I, I know yeah. that um, I know that Gruden has always loved Mariota whenever he did the whole quarterback combine thing. He loved yeah. Mariota, so I feel like scoring him here um, with it for cheap because he had really fallen off uh, was a win mm-hmm. in Gruden's mind. I think he ends up starting about six games, but I think they can um, car. After they lose to the Chiefs, so that's one, two, three, four, five games in, so they'll either be, yeah. my, what I think, they'll either be one and four or oh and five, depending on, yeah. like you said, the Panthers. I do think yeah. they beat the Panthers, but then they lose the next four, making them one and four. Um, I feel that, um, they'll then put in Mariota, and then between the remainder of the season, um, I feel like they're going to do the whole go back and forth between Carr and Mariota of who gives them the best I chance to win. That. 
Um, yeah, and so within that, you get a you get about six games for Mariota, and I guess that makes ten games for um, yeah. for Carr. And then I do think they only win about uh, three games because I think they beat the Panthers. Um, I think they beat the Jets, and shoot, they may be split with the Chargers, depending on what the Chargers do. Three or four yeah. games. So I guess yeah. since we both said if we're going at our over under. We're both obviously under because I don't think there's a chance they come close to seven games. If they do, uh, if they do, I'll be stunned. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I think this is just a bad team. Um, really because of the wide receivers and the quarterback. Like, yeah, I like Tyrell Williams. I like Hunter Renfro. I like Ruggs, but I think they've invested in one type of receiver. Right. Um, and I think that they're going to rely on Henry Ruggs to be the number one, and that. But he's going to have to like learn. He's just a speedy guy, so the, I, yeah. I don't think he, he's not the route runner that let's say Judy was, who they could have gotten. So he's a one-dimensional. He can run routes. But he's a, he, he's mainly seen for speed. They got a one-dimensional guy for their number one. Tyrell Williams was an absolute a train wreck last year. And then Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro is good for like 10 yards or like your slants and your <laughs> outs. And so it's, it's going to be nothing like amazing by them. So it's essentially going to be, uh, uh, your, your second level on Hunter Renfro and all your cornerbacks on two receivers. Um, yeah. unless Darren Waller balls out, then all of a sudden you have a little more dynamic again. Um, but yeah, we're we're under. Uh, Oakland's going to be terrible. They're going. They. I know I have like eight teams now at three wins, which I know is going impossible. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the past two divisions. I'm like, yeah, they'll win three. Um, yeah. I'm sure they all did, and I'm sure they all play each other at some point. So therefore, there somebody yeah. has to have the edge. Um, <laughs> but the Vegas Raiders are the 20th team in the league to go three and 13. Um, and they will land one of those franchise quarterbacks. Um, all right, Raiders, we're done with you. Get out of here. Um, did we? This is very inter- in, unprofessional of me. Did we say Denver or the Chargers next? I think we said the Chargers. Perfect. Good. Okay, this is who I wanted. Um, <laughs> As you can tell, also, listeners, that we just go back and forth. We just alternate <laughs> like the true professionals we are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we, have this, we have this conversation <laughs> literally like two minutes before I press record, and then, as you can tell, your boy already forgot the order. I just knew the Chiefs were last, and that's, that's all I got. Um, <laughs> All right, the Los Angeles Chargers, the forgotten L.A. team, the team with no fans, the team that probably (laughs) should have stayed in San Diego if they wanted to make money, but no, they had to go off to L.A. instead. Um, The L.A. Chargers. All right. So, first off, I like their their head coach. I'm a big Anthony Lynn fan. I know that he's been rumored um, after last season to be on the uh, chopping block. Which I thought was crazy because he had, a, you know, the year before that, they went like 11 and 5 and were a huge threat in the playoffs. Um, I like Anthony Lynn. I think last year was a fluke year. Um, I do think that last year was a very off year for, um, 
for Phillip Rivers. Um, I mean, they ranked six in passing, but he threw a lot of interceptions. He, 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 he was getting old. Their run game wasn't good. Uh, they ranked 28th in rushing yards. They had that whole issue with Melvin Gordon going into last year. Um, their defense struggled. I mean, everywhere along the lines, um, that they, they just weren't a great team. Here's my thing with them. Um, the, my, my big looking points is they have Tyrod Taylor as their starter, and they have committed him to being the starting quarterback. However, I do not believe that that's going to be the case for the foreseeable future. Um, Tyrod was with the Browns two years ago. Tyrod was supposed to be the starter the whole season when Baker blew up. Tyrod got hurt at game four. Um, a lot of the issues, um, it's hard to blame between him and Hugh Jackson, but uh, Tyrod got hurt, Baker came in, everyone got fired, it all changed up. Um, I like Tyrod Taylor. I just don't believe in him as a starting quarterback, but I do think he's a good transition quarterback. However, I don't believe that they hold on to him for too long. My issue with Tyrod was he holds the ball too long, causing him to have a lot of sacks. Like, he's very... When he does throw the ball, he's usually very, um, very accurate. Um, and I think by him holding on to it, he's not, he's not going to force anything. And by doing that, it causes the offensive line to have to protect him longer. And when they have to protect him longer, it's a bigger threat of having, of, of you know, getting sacked because you're only expected to really have to hold your guy for about three to four seconds and the ball should be out somewhere. Um, and Tyrod, though he can run, is not a running threat, in my opinion. Um, their offensive line, going to be honest, don't know many of these guys. I know Mike Pouncey because uh, he's one of the Pouncey twins, of course. Um, and outside of that, I can't really determine how strong the line is. My guess is they could potentially struggle, mainly because um, um, they didn't have a good run game last year. Like Austin Eckler balled out when he played, but as far as them being 28th in the run game, uh, a lot of that kind of looks at the offensive line on them being successful or not. Because if you are, um, if you're six in passing yards, but 28th in rushing yards, it's one of two things. Either your running back's terrible or your offensive line is terrible. And we know that Austin Eckler can ball out. And when Melvin Gordon finally came back, he didn't do him any favors. He didn't run that well. But I think it was an offensive line issue and that yeah. the passing game success was because Phillip Rivers would toss the ball, make the um, take the chances down the field, and it either paid off mightily or it hurt them. Um, on the flip side, for Tyrod, he has really good offensive weapons uh, to play with, him or yeah. Juster, Justin Air Bear, as we called Air him back in, back in some of our old uh, shows. <laughs> he has some good weapons. If, if Hunter Henry can stay healthy, he has had a lot of health concerns, but when he has yeah. been healthy, he's been one of the top tight ends in the league, can be one of the top tight ends in the league. I really like Hunter Henry. I want him to actually, like, make <laughs> it and not have that injury concern every year that forces him out of the league because he's a huge threat. Keenan Allen, yeah. really good wide receiver, good threat. Same with Mike Williams. You have a nice setup here. That for And then with Austin Eckler, who can A, run it, and B, is a very good receiving running back. Mm -hmm. um, as far as weapons go, they're set up to have a productive year. Even if Justin Air Bear comes in, 
I think with his cannon, they're set up to have a productive year on offense. Even Tyrod, I think. Tyrod is not going to get you a 13-win season, but you're not going to be the worst team in the league, and, and you can and you can buy time to really groom uh, your franchise quarterback. I'm concerned yeah. about the front line on the offense. We'll see how that plays out as it goes. Um, as far as their defense goes, man, this defense may be one of the, in my opinion, best defenses in the league. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean they're not they're not stacked on stacked on stacked like uh, let's say the Ravens as we go discuss mm-hmm. them they have like no weaknesses but this defense has weapons at every level of the defense so they got Bosa and Melvin Ingram on the outsides right then they got in the middle uh, because their defensive uh, their their D tackles um, gonna be honest don't know them. But if they are a weakness, then you got rookie Kenneth Murray, who I think is going to be a stud this year, right in the yeah. middle um, to plow down whoever comes through. And then when you're looking at the defensive backs, you have Hayward, you have James, you have Harris Jr., all of the uh, DBs, uh, and Rashawn Jenkins, who I don't really know either. Um, but as far as three of them, in my opinion, dominant DBs, um, Darwin James has been a stud since he entered the league. They just have weapons at every level. Um, I feel like this defense, where they struggled last year a little bit, uh, they were not the same defense that we saw two years ago. I think they struggled with some injury. Um, this coming year, if everyone stays healthy, if Hunter Henry on the offense stays healthy, if everyone on the defense stays healthy, um, I think they can give some teams a run for their money. Um, due to the quarterback position and due to the potential offensive line struggles. If you're an offensive line connoisseur, please hit us up and let me know that I am incorrect and this is a good offensive line. Uh, if not, I'm going to assume they're bad because I don't know these names. Um, <laughs> that's just how it is, right? Uh, so given the offensive line potential struggles and the fact that the quarterback um, is not one who's going to win you 12 games, I don't think they can – compete with the Chiefs to outshoot them because we've seen the Chiefs play great defenses and they and these great defenses hold them down for a little bit and then Mahomes comes out of nowhere and puts that 3,000 points in the fourth quarter and then it's over and it looks like a blowout when it's been a close game the whole time. Um, I don't think they can compete with the Chiefs, but I do think they can definitely give a run for a wild card spot. This is not a bad team. This is not a 5-11 and team from last year. Right. Um, I, the fact that they went from 11 and 5 or whatever they were to 5 and 11 was mind blowing to me. And part of that I feel like has to do with, um, I don't know if I've been saying Melvin Ingram as the running back, but Melvin Gordon, if I've been saying it wrong, with Melvin Gordon, with his whole holdout situation, then Austin Eckler balled and they brought him back and they couldn't get the gelling going with, um, with Phillip Rivers and his forcing throws, um, I think it's going to be a much better team this year, and they're going to be a huge threat for a wild card spot. What do you think, Dantas? Yeah, um, you did a really good job, man, with your analysis on this team. Um, so I won't spend too, too much time on it. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you completely about Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is the perfect transition quarterback. Um, and I don't think that's a bad um, stigma or whatever word you want to use to have. Um, you know, like we saw, we saw with him and the Browns, he got hurt and they transitioned to Baker Mayfield, which I think, you know, the fact that Tyrod Taylor – Tyrod Taylor was able to come in and give them four games, um, kind of helped Baker Mayfield be able to, to get used to the, um, to the speed of the game and everything. Um, so I, I like, I like Tyrod Taylor a lot too. And I think as long as he stays healthy, I think, um, he should play the majority of this season. Maybe like Justin, um, Ebert play, uh, maybe like four or five games towards the end. Um, depending on how their season goes. Like you said, man, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I like the Los Angeles Chargers a lot. Um, Keenan Allen is one of the most underrated wide receivers um, in the league. Hunter Henry is, when he's healthy, like you said, he's the top five, uh, definitely top ten tight end. Um, their offensive line, like you said, I know Mike Pouncey. Um, Trey Turner, I know they just traded um, – they traded for from Carolina. He is um, – he was pretty good for Carolina, um, and he's 27 years old, too, so he's, he's still semi-young. So I know Trey Turner's pretty good. And then Brian Beluga, when you were when you were talking about it, um, their line, I looked him up. He was with Green Bay for a while, um, back when Green Bay had a pretty good offensive line. So um, that right-hand side of the line seems to be pretty good. Um, I don't know too much about that left-handed side either. Um, which is kind of concerning. Like if that if that Sam TV guy is not good, um, Tyrod Taylor, I'm pretty sure is a right-handed quarterback. So you've got that guy protecting his blind side. Um, and just like you talked talked on, um, if that Sam dude is not is not a strong um, blind side protector, the fact that Tyrod Taylor holds on to the ball so much is going to open it up for a lot of sacks. Um, especially considering he played Von Miller in the Denver Broncos twice a year. Um, Tyrod Taylor is like Tyrod Taylor. He's not going to turn the ball over, but like you said, he's going to he's going to contribute to a lot of sacks because uh, he holds the ball over. He's almost too careful at times. That defense, man, you touched on it perfectly. I'm not going to hit too much on it. I love that defense. Um, they're one of my favorite defenses in the entire league. Um, I think they have the potential to be a top three. So um, I, I think they have the potential to be a top three defense. Um, I think when they're healthy, you could put them in the top five, top seven. Um, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are two studs, especially when they're both healthy. Um, they've been dominating the end for the the past two years that Bosa has been there. Um, Linval Joseph was with the Minnesota Vikings, um, and he had like three or so really good years. Um, so I think if he can kind of return to form. I think he has the opportunity to be an anchor on that defensive line. Um, Kenneth Murray is going to be an absolute um, dominant player at middle linebacker. Um, and then, like you said, with that secondary, man, they may they, – they might arguably have the best secondary in the league. Um, Chris Harris, Jr., who was really good with the Broncos, and for whatever reason they decided not to pay him. Um, Casey Hayward, Jr., um, and then Derwin James to me is one of the most versatile players in the, uh, in the entire league, um, offensively or defensively. I love Derwin James. I loved him coming out, um, a couple years ago out of, uh, Florida State. Um, 
obviously he got hurt last year, and it, it, I think that's the reason that their defense struggled. Um, but dude's just a, he's a playmaker, man. I mean, he's, he's going to make five to six plays that are really going to change the game every single game. Um, so yeah, man, those are the Chargers for me. Um, so they went five and 11 last year, uh, over under five games this year, Aaron. Oh, over. Um, once again, they have a tough schedule, just like, um, well, just like everybody in their division. But I think that five games was a fluke. Uh, they got the Bengals yeah. first, and though I think the Bengals will be a threat later on, they're not going to be in the first game. They'll beat the Bengals. I think they'll beat the Panthers. They'll beat the Jets. They'll beat the Jaguars. They'll at least split with everyone in their division. Um, yeah. and, and at least split, if not sweep, like the, Ra- <laughs> the Raiders or somebody. Right. Um, in my opinion, they're over. Uh, and I think they went somewhere, shoot, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and then when we talk about Denver, I guess we'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised if they come away with nine wins this year. Like I said, sneak into a wild card spot um, and, and really make some noise. Whether Ty Rod's there or whether Justin uh, Herbert comes in, you know, within a few games, um, whether if Ty Rod gets hurt or if he's just causing too many sacks uh, because he is careful with the ball, which being careful is not bad, but when you have a lot of sacks. Right. It could have just been with the Browns because our line was terrible, or it could just be he he does that. I didn't yeah. watch Tyler like beforehand. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so he's. I, I knew he. I knew he threw very few interceptions. I did not realize it was because he literally doesn't throw it unless <laughs> the guy is is like open, open. Um, yeah. I like Tyrod. I think he's a really good transitional quarterback. He was he was great for Baker, um, yeah. but. Whether he starts the whole season or whether or not, I think they come in nine wins. Even if Justin Herbert comes in halfway through and plays, I still say nine wins. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're over two. Um, I, I, I've got them down going eight for eight wins. Um, but I think they could easily, I think you, they could flip one of those potential losses into a win and go nine and seven as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this team is just super talented. So as long as everybody stays healthy, um, Anthony Lynn should be able to to whatever hot seat that he is on, he should be able to kind of to to fight off those that that want to see him go. Um, which if they were to let him go for whatever reason, he's 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 not going to have a hard time finding a job. Um, like you said, I'm a huge Anthony Lynn fan too. So yeah, I think I I've got them going eight and eight, but they could easily go nine and seven. So I agree with you on that. All right. So if Anthony Lynn gets fired, we riot. Is what I heard. Yeah, or y'all can just hire him in Atlanta and go ahead and let Quinn go. I mean, that would be beautiful, man. I would love that. That would be now, awesome. I'm a big Anthony Lynn fan. I like him a lot. Um, all right. Third up on the docket, we have the Denver and Broncos. And why did I add an extra N on that? Denver, <laughs> not Denver, Denver Broncos um, and Donatus. As we do, yeah. Take it away. So, man, I'm I'm super excited about the Denver Broncos, man. Um, like, I I love this team. Um, I I like um, I can't even remember his name, Vic Fangio. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's he was a really good like disciplinarian. Um, but I think he he also I mean he's coached defense for literally like maybe forty or fifty years. Like he knows his stuff. Um, so he came in last year and took over a defense that was already really good. Um, 
So I I have like I don't have I have questions about them at linebacker um and at secondary just because they did lose Chris Harris. Um and I don't know like they've got AJ Borea who was really good like two to three years ago. He kinda struggled a little bit in Jacksonville. Um, but I think he's gonna be able to turn it around. Um they've got Kareem Jackson who is is he's been really solid for a really long time. Um I don't know too much about Justin Simmons or Isaac Yadam. Um but again, so I, I, I look a few questions about them um secondary wise. At the linebacker position I only have questions about their inside linebacker. Um, Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis. I don't really know too much about either one of them. Um, but obviously on the end, you've got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Um, you've got Shelby Harris and Jarrell Casey. Um, so that front seven, I mean, four of those seven players are, are game changers. Um, so I, I think defensively, they'll be able to get a lot of pressure on offenses. They've got speed on the end in, in Miller and Chubb, even though Miller's kind of getting up there in age. Um, he's still been he's still been really good, even though he's starting to get older. Um, the only other questions that I would have about the Broncos is their offensive line. Um, I don't know too much about them. I know that Lord Cushenberry came out of LSU um, – and he was he was good for LSU last year. Juwan James was pretty good, um, and then I think Garrett Ball started to come up come along last year towards the end. Um, now, as far as their skill position, man, their skill position is skill positions is that's the reason I'm super excited about this team. Um, I'm a huge Drew Locke, Locke fan. I was a huge Drew Lock fan when he came out of Missouri. Um, <laughs> And I'm sure, like, not too many people were, like, big fans of him. But, like, to me, he kind of has the same kind of bravado that Baker Mayfield has. Um, and, I like, Drew Locke has a cannon for an arm, man. Um, he had, he struggled with accuracy, but I think that's why him – he didn't play too much last year, and I think that's why it's going to help him this year. Um, I think – look for Drew Locke to take, like, a huge step forward this year. Um, obviously Melvin Gordon is going to feel like he has a lot to prove, um, since the Chargers didn't pay him last year. Gordon only played like what, I think eight or so games last year with the Chargers, so he's still semi, um, he's, he's still, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, of years on him from last year. Um, and even if Gordon goes down, we've seen Philip Lindsay be good and we've seen Royce Freeman be okay. Um, so they, they've got a, they've got a, a, a committee that, you know, they can really do some damage with the running back, um, the running back room there. Um, Cortland Sutton, again, is a super underrated wide receiver. He's really started to come on his own. Um, backing him up, they've got Deshaun Hamilton, who was, who was good last year. And then they, they took two studs and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, um, who can both fly. Jerry Judy's a super really, uh, polished route runner. Um, probably has the best hands um, in this year's draft. Um, so they've just got a lot of talent um, on that uh, offensive skill position. They're super young. Not even to talk about Noah Fance, who came on, came into his own last year as well. So um, I'm doing my research for the Denver Broncos, man, and I'm getting super excited about all this, and I'm like, 
man, like, I love this team. I love this offense. I wonder who their offensive coordinator is. So I type in Denver Broncos offensive coordinator, and it pulls up Pat Shermer, and I was like, oh, man, so close. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, you know, I'm super excited about this team. But then they've got Pat Shermer calling it. And, you know, Pat Shermer's kind of like Jason Garrett as far as, like, Pat Shermer, I think he was with the Vikings for a while, and that's how he got into the head coaching thing. Um, he was he was a great play caller with the Vikings, um, but then you know, like he didn't do anything with the Giants. So I don't know if he just had too much on his plate. And I'm hoping that the fact that he can just concentrate on offense um, is really going to help him calling plays and developing this offense because. They're super talented, man. I, I love this offense. Um, I think they've got a lot of, of talent at the skill position, so I really think they'll be able to do some damage this year. So that's me for the Denver Broncos, man. What are your What are your thoughts on this team? Um, before I get my analysis, who was their quarterback last year? The Broncos, Joe Flacco, and uh, somebody else. I, I felt like at one point they had. Didn't they have um, – Here it is. Uh, Flacco, Kevin Hogan. The Browns now. Yeah, but oh. they also – they started with uh, – no, no, no. They got rid of him two two years ago. That's um, – because he was with the Redskins. Keenum. That's Keenum. Yeah, Keenum was they, – they got rid of Keenum when they signed Flacco. It was Kevin Hogan who was a, yeah, a okay. Browns backup. Okay. So that that's – I wanted to look at those for, for one reason. All right. You did a great job with the Broncos, and I don't have much to say about the Broncos. First off, I love Cortland Sutton. I think he's a great receiver. I think it's, um, the fact that he's really good is going to help free up Judy, who I think was the best receiver in the draft. His route running skills, his speed, his hands, everything's great. I don't know much about K.J. Hamler. Uh, what I'm looking at has him currently as the third receiver. Um, um, I love the receiving corps. I believe their running back corpse is going to be really good. I do believe Melvin Gordon is going to come in and want kind of a back, uh, a bounce back year after having that rough year in um, in L.A. with the Chargers. They have a really good defense. Um, even if we don't know those middle linebackers, the middle right. of that defensive line is so good that I don't think it's going to matter. And then they have really good ends and outside linebackers. Um so they're just going to be a scary team altogether. I think A.J. Boye comes back and balls out. My biggest concern, and let me go ahead and vouch for Donatus here. <laughs> he says he's been a Drew Locke fan since college, and I will 100% vouch for that. I remember before the 2019 draft, Donatus, uh, I don't remember what you said, why you said it, what prompted it, but oh gosh, Donatus was all about. I don't even remember exactly what you said, but that was the first time I had given Drew Locke any recognition. Was when you talked about maybe it was even in the combine, and then you were surprised that he dropped so low that he wasn't because I was yeah. rumored to potentially go in the first round. He didn't, and you said, "Oh, that's going to be a steal for the Broncos." And then there they go and sign Joe Flacco. Um, Supposedly, Locke was on IR at the beginning of the year. So when Flacco went down, that's why they had to go to Kevin Hogan, who was at one point an undrafted, was he an undrafted free agent for the Browns? Regardless, he played for the Browns, was like our third string quarterback for a few years, and then I didn't even know that he was still in the league. 
Um, <laughs> but Lott, Lott came in and went 4-1 and one as a starter uh, last year. They only won seven games last year, so he came in in the final five games and doubled and then some their win total. Yeah. I think that this whole season for the Broncos is all predicated on the Drew Locke hype. I know yeah. there's video out there of him getting real turnt on the sideline. Um, he has that swagger that Baker Mayfield has. Uh, you say he has a cannon, but an accuracy problem. Um, at the, for me, unless you have stud receivers, I, I find it really hard to fix accuracy problems. That's why I, I, I don't think uh, Matt Stafford is is that great of a quarterback. I don't think he has great accuracy in what – Helped him for so long was he had Megatron as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and even in college he had AJ Green as a receiver. So he's had, he has a cannon, but I thought he had accuracy issues. Um, yeah. I'm not concerned about Pat Shermer, yeah. even though he's, he's failed being a head coach in several places. I do think he's a really good coordinator. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a problem here. I think everything falls on the Drew Lock hype and is he the deal, um, or does he fall to the? Does he fall into the John Elway trap of not actually being that good? Because yeah. John Elway is excellent at signing, drafting, <laughs> and bringing in subpar <laughs> quarterbacks who aren't any yeah. good. I'm not going to give him credit for Peyton Manning because the guy's name was Peyton Manning. Um, he brought in Joe Flacco, thinking he had a few more years. He passed up on some guys for Paxton Lynch, who started like three games for them and disappeared. <laughs> I mean, he has a track record for terrible quarterback decisions, regard, despite him being a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, people think he finally got it right with Drew Locke. He went four and one, and um, and to most people, it shows he got it right. In my opinion, I think there's a stutter this year with Drew Locke. I think there's going to be the what I'm going to go ahead and call the Baker Mayfield effect, mm. where you come in, you spent your rookie year, Baker had more games, but you spent your rookie year rallying a team and playing great. And then year two, with a new offensive coordinator, mm. it's going to be a disappointment, except for I don't think – this one's the offensive coordinator's fault. I think this is Drew Locke started out so strong. The expectation for him is going to be so high, um, and he plays in a tough division with a Chargers team that I think is going to want to come back and not be bad like they were, um, that I think they end up stumbling a little bit throughout the season. The, the beginning of their schedule is really tough. They have the Titans, the Steelers, the Buccaneers are their first three games. They get a break with the Jets, in my opinion. I'm going to call that a break. Then they have the Patriots, um, the Dolphins, who's building a great team, the Chiefs. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and, I hate to say it, sorry, Donatus, a little bit of a break with the Falcons because I don't think the Falcons Easy. are at the same level as some of those teams. Easy. <laughs> but by then, you're like, you're, you know, about halfway through the season until you get to see the yeah. Raiders. Um, yeah. They have a really rough beginning of the year, and I don't know how much of that is going to take a toll on Drew Locke being in his first year as a yeah. starting quarterback. 
um, with a division who has, you know, let's face it, some pretty potentially tough teams. Um, I am not saying Drew Locke can't be a franchise quarterback or won't be a franchise quarterback. I'm just going to give him a little bit of grace in terms of he had a stellar five-game stretch when no one had tape on him. Uh, even though he's not a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson, where not having tape on him is a huge disadvantage. Um, uh, he came in fresh, no tape, really nothing to lose. You're not in the playoff hunt or anything. Let's just go ball out. Um, and on top of that, let me see. I, I looked up who they had played in that five-game stretch. Um, in that five-game stretch, they beat Oakland. They beat Detroit. They beat Houston, and they beat L.A. Uh, Chargers. So they beat up on one playoff team, which had Bill O'Brien at the helm. They barely <laughs> beat the Chargers, who had five wins. They beat the terrible Lions by ten, and they beat the Chargers by one, eliminating the Chargers, not the Chargers, the um, Raiders by one, eliminating their chance to make it. And then they got beat by 20 points uh, to the Chiefs. Um, so, yes, he went four and one. Yes, that's a great start. However, I'm interested to see how he goes into this year. Um, and based on that, off of that, they had seven wins last year, four of which came from the hands of Drew Locke. Do they go over or under seven wins this year? Yeah, I've got I've got them going over, man. And I'll uh, over. I'll, touch, uh, I'll, I'll touch on them a little bit later on in the episode. Yeah, I've got them going over. Oh, so this is your this is your bit. Okay, okay. My, I have this the is my bold prediction. This is your bold prediction. Um, I have them going under. I have barely, barely. I have them going six and ten. Um, and I think the six and ten is not because this is a bad team. I think the six and ten is a. We have a new OC. Um, B. Drew Locke is going to have his first year as a starter, and C. Coronavirus. So, well, the reason that C, I think that's a big deal, and the re- the only reason I'm concerned about the Browns, and I'll talk about that with the AFC North, is um, Drew Locke is not being able, though he, he there's video of him out uh, throwing the ball around um, with some of his receivers. Um, he's not being given that full off season right now where he can actually get out and learn this new OC's playbook though he can study it like actually putting it into practice i'm concerned with him being a first year quarterback there's going to be a hiccup um they're not going to be a bad team i hope drew luck is their future john elway breaks his streak of bad quarterbacks um i just don't think this is the year and all of it comes down to new oc uh the drew lock hype and coronavirus so they go six and ten in my books all right the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> the team that we led this whole thing with of saying, well, we know it's the Kansas City Chiefs division, so they got to be the third week of discussion. Um, I, look, I'm not going <laughs> to spend too much time on this. Let's, there, what, what, what is there to really analyze here? Um, they essentially <laughs> they had back their entire offense. <laughs> they they have they have Pat Mahomes. <laughs> they have Tyreek Hill. 
and Sammy Watkins. Um, they still have the burner and Hardman. Um, they added a weapon <laughs> in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I guess is how you say his name. Um, I thought their run game was going to be bad last year. I didn't believe in the da- Damian Williams hype. They didn't have the greatest <laughs> of run games, but they went on and added a running back. Um, and supposedly, rumor has it, don't know if this was true, but rumor has it when they drafted him, how it went down was Andy Reid said to Pat Mahomes, who do you want? And Pat Mahomes says, I want him. And Andy Reid said, okay. <laughs> and that's where this <laughs> – they're the kind of running backs to choose from. They could have yeah. ended up with yeah. – shoot, they could have ended up with, with, with Buddy out of Georgia, um, just went yeah. blank on his name. Um, Swift, they could have ended up with Swift, yeah. and then this would be over. Uh, they could have ended up with J.K. Dobbins, who I still think is a lead yeah. as well. And this could have been over. But they said, who do you want? Yeah. And he said – you know, the running back out of LSU, and Andy Reid said, well, let's sign off on it. And Andy Reid's nice uh, flowered Hawaiian shirt, he drafted <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, That's awesome. The, the depth charts I'm looking at is by OurLads.com. Um, never heard of them before until we started doing podcasting. They keep this thing pretty pretty up to date, and they trade th- change things out as, as news happens. And here's how you know it's a good team. All the rookies they drafted, with the exception of the running back, none of them are labeled as the new starters. In fact, they aren't even labeled for the most part as the second string guys. Like these are like players three, four, and five. (laughs) This is, this is depth is what they have here. And they, they spent a whole draft going for depth. They didn't really lose anybody. Um, the, um, the, the, if there's any weak points, if there's any weak points, it's still the defense. It is not the DBs, but it is the defense. Um, it's been their quote-unquote weakness for two years. Two years ago, they couldn't stop anything. Uh, last year, they were significantly better on defense, and I expect that this coming year uh, they'll be, you know, even better on defense, uh, regardless of um, – Regardless on the little or no change. Um I'm not even gonna gonna waste the time here. This team is this team is stacked. <laughs> they have like three former Cleveland Browns in their offensive line. Um <laughs> that's how you know it's stacked. <laughs> um they 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 signed the uh St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback uh from the XFL. He's the third stringer. Yeah. They signed Shea Patterson, who's not going to end up being on the team after the offseason. Uh, Chad <laughs> Henney is backing up Pat Mahomes, a great backup quarterback. Um, I'm just pointing out random things at this point. This team's going to be good. <laughs> They're going to be really good again. Uh, I- I'm interested to see. My big thing with the Chiefs is at what point do they become the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. who are so dominant? Um mm-hmm. And then just like implode. Like the, the Seattle Seahawks went from a dominant team to an okay team to back to being a really, really good team. I'm not going to call them dominant yet, but a really, really good team. At what point can they not afford everybody and they all fall off and this is no yeah. longer the best team in the league? Like, I mean, yeah. Sammy Watkins was talking about retiring 
uh, after winning the Super Bowl, and I was like, um, what? And they ended up giving him a one-year deal again. But at what point do they um, do they fall off? And that's yeah. all my curiosity is about this team, is when do they fall off and when do they stop being elite? Because the AFC is going to be really hard to be won by anyone else as long as this roster is there or until injuries happen, which I'm not – even when injuries happen, Pat Mahomes got hurt for, like, seven games yeah. last year and Chad Henney yeah. came in and they still went 12-4. and four. Like, how good yeah. of a team are you that Chad Henney keeps you winning? Um, <laughs> right. It's just – it doesn't make sense. This team is uh, a freakish team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you because I really have nothing to say about them. There's nothing to watch on my standpoint. There's nothing. It's just when do they fall off, and it's not going to be this year. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, and, I mean, just to build off your injury point um, from last year, Tyreek Hill also missed the first, what, five or six to seven games of the season as well. Um, yeah. I feel like there was maybe one or two games where Pat, they were missing Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and I think they still went one and one of those two games. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to see if I can keep this under five minutes, man. Um, you know, like, is the offense better than ever before? I think we really have to ask ourselves this, that question. Um, obviously they were dominant last year. I personally think they got even better by adding Clyde Edwards, uh, Elaire. I think he's a better running back and pass catcher than Damian Williams. Um, just like you, I wasn't too big on the Damian Williams hype. Um, so adding Clyde Edwards, the layer to this offense, they've still got Tyree Kill, they've still got Sammy Watkins, they've still got McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, um, even their backup tight end, Ricky Still Jones, um, he was good for the Browns, was it either last year or two years ago? I mean, he wasn't great, but he was decent, and then he was good with the Cardinals before the Browns. Um, their line is stacked. Um, I think they're returning just about all the same um, starters from last year on their offensive line. Obviously, they got Patrick Mahomes. Um, so some position battles that I'm interested to see is who does end up winning that running back position battle, um, excuse me, between Williams and Edwards Lair. I think it's going to be Edwards Lair. Um, especially if you got Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP and MVP from a few years ago. If he's vouching for you, man, you're probably going to be the starting starting running back. Um, and then who who emerges as that wide receiver too? Sammy Watkins has kind of been falling off for the past couple of years, and especially seeing McCall Hardman come along in the past couple of years. I think McCall Hardman is going to emerge as that wide receiver too, which Sammy Watkins is still a really solid third wide receiver. Um, defensively is the only place where I have question marks about them. Um, I don't know if they have enough playmakers on defense, but when your offense scores 55 points a game, like you just don't need to give up 60, man. <laughs> you know, like you just have to be competent. And I think their defense is, is more than competent. Um, Frank Clark, I want to see, you know, they, they gave him big money. I want to see him take that next step. Um, Chris Jones is an underrated defensive tackle. Um, and he's really good as well. Um, Tyron Matthew, another versatile player. And then Juan Thornhill came into his own last year as well. I think this is going to be his second year. Um, and they, they, you could really see, um, 
Like, when their defense started to struggle, it was because Juan Thornhill got hurt towards the end of last year. Um, so, yeah, man, no questions about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they won 12 games last year. Um, do you think they go over or under 12 games? Not that it really matters. They're going to win the division anyways. Hey, whoa, whoa. They might no. not. <laughs> let, me, let, me glance, let me glance this schedule real quick. Um, yeah, they go over. They win 13 games. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they do, if they're either going to do 12 or better. I don't think they go 11 or 5. I, I think this is a, hmm, hold on now. Yeah, no. Um, I think this is a, a, the same or better, I think the Saints give them fits. I think the Buccaneers give them fits. And then outside of that, um, I could see them putting on an easy W. Um, I think yeah. the Patriots will be a nice struggle. But, you know, Jarrett Stidham isn't going to be able to put up the points that Pat Mahomes is going to be able to put up. Maybe they split with the Chargers. Um, well, you know what? For safety. No, we don't do safety on this podcast. They went 13 games next year. That's all it's going to be. They're going to go 13 and 3. Um, I was going to try and spare myself and give myself some wiggle room, but we ain't playing that game. They're going to go 13 and 3 and win the division with ease. What do you think? See, and this is probably going to be a shocker. I've got them going 11 and 5. Um, I think they, they lose to Baltimore or, well, not lose. Okay, so these are the teams I think they struggle with. Baltimore, um, New Orleans, um, where are the other three teams? So this is going to make it sound like I'm a homer, but I think they struggle with Atlanta only because they play New Orleans the week before, and that's going to be a tough game. I don't know that Atlanta beats them because it's in Kansas City, <laughs> but I think I think it's I think that's going to be a tough one. Um, and I think they struggle with Buffalo. Buffalo was Buffalo is that game that I think is either going to make them um, twelve and four or eleven and five, um, just because they're playing at Buffalo. It's on a Thursday night. Um, granted, they play a middle school team the week before in the Las Vegas Raiders, so you know they may put their JV team out for the Las Vegas Raiders and then use their varsity team for the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, but I think the Bills, the Ravens, um, the Saints and the Buccaneers, I think those are four games that they could possibly, um, they could possibly lose. Um, and then I think Houston and Atlanta could be toss-ups, but I don't think they lose less than 11 games. But I really do think, like you said, I think they, they win 12. They're most likely going to win 13. So yeah, um, I've also got them winning the division. Um, so. Well, here's here's my thing with what you said, though. If they, like you said, the Atlanta game and the Saints game, if they lose to the Saints, they're beating Atlanta. If they beat the Saints, then I think they have a chance of losing to Atlanta. But I don't yeah. think there's a two-game stretch where they lose. That's why I didn't consider yeah. both of those as a legitimate threat. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a good point, and I I think you're right. I don't I don't think they go zero and two. I think they go one and one, or they go two and zero. So yeah, you're right on that one. Um, I just think that Saints game is going to be really tough, but I'm, I don't think that's – I don't know that they lose it, but um, 
you know, I don't even I don't know who Atlanta plays the week before. Um but I think if the if the Saints game is like a sluggish uh not sluggish but like a just a tough emotional game or whatever, um I think Atlanta could could possibly do something. But then the game's in Kansas City and that there's no way that Atlanta's gonna win in Kansas City <laughs> in December. So let's just say they lose yeah. maybe four games. Let's let's forget that I said anything about the Falcons because um, that game's at home and it's in <laughs> Kansas City and it's cold weather, man. It's uh, yeah, forget I said anything about the Falcons. <laughs> Forgiven, I, I'll forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> as long as everyone else forgets, it. everybody else go ahead and yeah, forget that. <laughs> uh, can we? Uh, can you edit that out when you uh, when you do the edit? Can you just go ahead and remove that part? Absolutely not. I'll actually, I'll amplify it. I'll make sure everyone hears it. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, ball prediction time. You want to you want to kick us off, or do you want me to kick us off? Um, I'm I I can do it. I'm good. With How bold is your prediction? It. It's pretty bold, dude. I mean, it it it's bald, bald. Like it's ballsy, bald, bald, man. I, All right, well then I'm gonna, gonna go first because mine is not that bald. <laughs> oh. Mine is semi-bold, and I don't want yours to be super bold and then me coming with my weak stuff, so let me come with my weak stuff first, so therefore it doesn't seem as, as bad. Mine, you're probably going to listen to mine and be like, that wasn't even bold at all, man. Well, <laughs> you're going to look at mine. You may look at mine and say it's it's uh, <laughs> it's not bold at all, because anyway, my bold prediction, because we already know who's going to win this division. I don't think, in my opinion, there's too much boldness going on. My bold prediction is that Nathan Peterman starts two games with the Oakland or with the Las Vegas Raiders this year. You heard me. The walking pick six, the walking interception quarterback will start two games despite Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota being on the roster. Nathan Peterman gets two games. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> wow. That is that is bold, man. Um, well. Semi, it's I don't know. It's semi bold because again, the Raiders are so bad, man. Like, I don't that it is that is bold. I don't know that it would shock me, but yeah. Um, nope, that's all I got. That is the only boldest thing I could come up with with this division. I think I think what shocks me about that is like you know that Nathan Peterman's going to throw another five interceptions that first. Time, so I'm going to see if. If Gruden's like, uh, I guess we'll trot him out for a second game, or if he's like, why did I sign this guy twice? Let's not forget that John Gruden also said that Nathan Peterman was a good quarterback. Like, yeah, after throwing 40 interceptions in Buffalo. Good quarterback. Nathan Peterman is a good quarterback. Like, what are you doing, Gruden? That, no, not at all. Not even close, man. That's so, why yeah, that's my prediction, because somewhere, somewhere he sneaks in two games. And then after throwing 15 interceptions in those two games, Gruden's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see that. I could see that happening. <laughs> um, all right, what about you? All right, so my bold prediction is about the Denver Broncos, and it's this. The Denver Broncos will finish in the top ten offensively and clinch a playoff spot and Drew Locke will be talked about as a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Ooh. That might be the boldest prediction we have on this podcast. So far. <laughs> so Ooh. Far. That's uh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm high on these Broncos, man. I'm telling you. So then everything I said about the Broncos, everything I said directly contradicts your bold prediction that they're going to struggle offensively (laughs) because of – okay. I think it's – I could see that happening. If Drew Locke comes out with the same level of play as he had in the last five games, um, like let's say they go nine and seven, ten and six, and Drew Locke has a really good year, um, like a really, really good year. I think it's what they're going to need to go ten and six. Then yeah, I could see yeah. that happening. Um, I just don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm worried for him for his sake of, of first year as a full starter, and then the fact that like everything is so cut short with COVID nineteen yeah. that it's, it's really going to affect him. That okay? Yeah. Well. And you did, I mean, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the coronavirus. And you did bring up a good point with that because that that is going to affect it somewhat with him having to learn a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, um, and this being his second year. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm so high on this offense, man, and and on Drew Locke personally, man. I'm just, I'm riding with the Broncos, man. That's my, that's my team. That's my, my dark horse team for the year. Um, I think, I don't know. We've got like five more divisions, so maybe not. But that, but as of right now, that's my dark horse team for uh for the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one season. So, yeah, man. Uh, well, y'all heard it here first. If you have any bold predictions, if you think that someone other than the Chiefs is going to win, because if you choose anyone other than the Chiefs, that is a bold prediction. Um, <laughs> let, let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, you got anything left for the rest of, for, for our people out here? Drew Locke for MVP, baby. There it is. That was his. He he is saying Drew Locke will be the MVP. That is all we have for you. I'm going to leave you on that note, and I'll let Dianthus say anything else. Drew Locke will be the MVP, according to Dianthus. Put it in the books, and we're out.